So I saw a tweet this week that said, you know, it's something that I think is just so beautiful about the Harry Potter series is that we'll never know who wrote it. It's, it's just yeah. a mystery. And I think that's great. So let's uh, talk about J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Prophet, preacher, sermon leader, actor, reverend, deacon, elder, what the hell is a pastor? Let's talk about J.K. Rowling. So, so I wish to preface this with uh, once upon a time I had a, a just a couple of episode podcast with, with friend of what the hell is a pastor and, and very dear friend of mine, Pastor Nick McMichael. It was a podcast we did all about Harry Potter. It was called Reducto. Um, I think I've seen I've seen that. I haven't listened yes. to any of it. Don't. Uh, there's really we had a very good time making it. There's I believe only six episodes, um, and it was really just about us complaining about parts of 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 uh, um, Harry Potter in general, and and kind of uh, going through different characters and different things about it but our last episode was a two-parter about race and harry potter and and annalise our friend annalise came on and and discussed it and that was if you're going to listen to one thing you should listen to that double episode because annalise is very brilliant and 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 it, and that those were good we were, i was particularly proud of, of those of those episodes but um i have this this deep deep complicated relationship with harry potter where on one hand it's like it's like makes up a huge part of my brain mm-hmm. um and on the other hand i just think it's trash garbage like i think it's i think it's this trash garbage uh thing produced by a trash garbage person um and and the at best it functions as a vague backdrop for people to do fan fiction on <laughs> um because you know what and, and i and i think that if i were to ever become i mean i'm super petty but i think that if i would ever be really really petty and have a ton of time on my hands i would write a book you know kind of arguing that harry potter is deeply connected to um the the kind of uh neoliberal white activism Ooh. That that a lot of uh, folks in our generation have succumbed to, and how one of the first things that a lot of white folks in our generation and in this part of the world have to do in order to become really effective um, activists and and you know whatever is we have to shed Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have to shed the lessons we have learned from Harry Potter, but yeah, J.K. Rowling. What what a what an awful lady. What an awful lady. So so her comments what, her comments were regarding have have been recently over the last several months have been regarding trans folks. And uh, Joe, what, what what do you think of those comments? I actively try to avoid the whole thing. Because I don't have the emotional investment in Harry Potter that I think many of my friends do. Uh, and, and I'm sorry to to come out in this way in this moment with that. Um, but like, I read all the books. I have, I think I've seen all the movies. Um, and I enjoy being a Hufflepuff. But like, that's just because I think that, that it's it's fun and we get to have all the snacks. And I'm good at finding things. 
so uh, I I am happy to criticize J.K. Rowling um, because I. I've also seen a lot of fans say things like, you know, the books belong to us now and the books taught us how to stand up to the things that she's saying right now, right? Like the Harry Potter Alliance is even like, listen, we we don't support what she's saying. We're actively against it. Here's how you can donate to things that help trans folks. Um, on, on the one hand, I think I understand part of, of what's behind her comments is that um, there's kind of a, a sex essentialism that she wants to cling to because as a white feminist, her, um, her body and her sex is really crucial to her understanding of her own fight for justice and recognition in this world. And so mm. there's, there's a real way in which, um, you know, like she was a, she was a, single mother on like the British version of food stamps um, at, when she was writing Harry Potter, right? Like she could barely afford like the tea that she had as she wrote it. Um, and so there's, there, there's a genuine struggle there. And I think that uh, what she feels threatened by is that if men can be women now, then, then what is the role of, of women? Um, right. because she just doesn't have a complex understanding of the trans experience and what, um, what being trans really means, which is understandable for a woman of her age and her, her background and, and all those kind of things. And there's just no effort on her part to be better. Just like, you know, as far as Dumbledore goes in the books, there's no real part effort on his part to be better. He thinks he's landed on the best, even though we spend all of, like, Deathly Hallows realizing how problematic he is. <laughs> and that, like... Yeah, and she real... even gets that wrong. Oh, I hate Jake. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Keep going. Keep no, going. I... Because I, I think I'm, I'm almost done with it. So, I, I in a way, I want to be, like... Um, we need to hear what she's saying because there are other white women who don't have her platform who think the same things. And so this just points to something that we, we really need to address in a clear way, except for the fact that like, I am certain that trans activists have, have addressed this before. And I just like, don't know the article to point anybody to. And it's just, it's disappointing when somebody who, uh, has such potential to do good doubles down on doing something bad and like let's let's be honest like there can be a struggle for um for gay rights uh, in in any kind of setting but like like even in the u.s it is really the right for um, gay and lesbian couples to marry and adopt children. Like, that's the real conversation of what gay rights means in the U.S. And so uh, fighting for trans rights is that, that next step that is so hard for people who have already evolved to think that, like, maybe being gay is okay, to then say, oh, and also, like, being trans is a real thing, and it, it's also okay. Like, it just seems like a lot to accept. And I, and I hear that exhaustion 
from people in that generation who have, who have tried to fight for things and are like, but I already did all this work. Like, can't, can't I just be right now? Do I have to continue to struggle to be right? And I, as a person who has struggled to, to understand the experiences of people who are different from me and has also like struggled within myself to, to understand my sexuality and, and my gender identity. Like I am tired and I just want to be who I am. Uh, but that doesn't excuse transphobic remarks. And, you know, like, at least we have Daniel Radcliffe, right? <laughs> Who's just like, trans women are women to say they're not as, as violent. And, and that was it. And, I, you know, sometimes I think about Daniel Radcliffe and how he made all of this money being Harry Potter. And now he can just do whatever he wants. And I think that he's just, he's living the dream. So Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Daniel... Uh, Daniel, I've made fun of you for your portrayal of Harry Potter in the Harry Potter films. Um, Daniel, you're, you're not a great actor and I'm really sorry, but that's okay. Like, cause you've made your money. You've made more money than I'll ever make. And you're more famous than I'll ever be. And that's whatever I quick aside, Daniel Radcliffe's entire portrayal of Harry Potter is one that I call the acting stare. In which, in which Daniel, Daniel is just trying so hard to act that like, I, I see like beads of sweat forming at his brow as he's, as he's fixing people with his acting stare. He's like, I'm acting. And then like, and then like, you know, it just, just doesn't work. Where meanwhile, Rupert Grint is like not trying at all. And he's acting better than Daniel Radcliffe. You know, and, and he has like a an ice cream truck that he just drives around and like gives out ice cream for free. Like, yeah, good for him. I like also all these, living the dream. <laughs> I, I like all these people, man. Like, I the, the 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 legitimately great actor among all of them was Tom Felton, and he got handed, yeah. you know, some of the worst screenwriting for Draco Malfoy I have ever seen. Oh, like, listen. there are there is fan fiction that is more substantive, you know, of of yeah. for, for Draco. I, I agree with everything you're saying and I and I and I don't really have anything to add from a content perspective. Like I just I agree with it. I, I, I think that you know, I try to be sensitive to the only reason I try to be sensitive to what I'm about to say is is because of the many people in my life, both at the church and, and in my personal relationships, that that I know are, are often put off by by some of this rhetoric from folks who are who would consider themselves to be on the left. Like I try to be really sensitive to, you know, making sure that, that folks are allowed to have differing opinions and, and, and coming uh, at um, issues in a lot of different ways. Right. Like I try to be sensitive to that. And I don't think that that Rowling has differing opinions about the world and about, things than her fans is not the problem right. the, the problem is that is the doubling down right is, yes like is is rowling going you know if rowling makes a statement about how she understands the plight of women and and the way in which women are are meant to be in the world you know that that's fine the the issue is 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 when rowling is confronted with um folks who know better mm -hmm. and then kind of goes boy i really just don't care 
that's that's the problem. That's the issue that everybody has, but but Rowling has consistently, consistently that's her. Rowling is the Richard Dawkins of children's literature. Ooh, where, yeah. And that's tough. Where where she? What's what do I mean by that? Well, Richard Dawkins insists on using words incorrectly when he is talking about something that he does not fully understand, like religion and theology. Richard Dawkins doesn't understand philosophy, religion, or theology at all. He, does, he doesn't. He simply doesn't. All of his work and, and books and lectures about it, when anybody who has training in religious studies, theology, or philosophy hears him talk, no matter if they're atheists or theists, they go, Professor Dawkins, you, you, are, you are saying this wrong. You are talking incorrectly. You know, you, you're using the word God wrong, using the word religion wrong, using the word being wrong and, and existence wrong. Like, like, like and, and, and Richard Dawkins, time and time again, whenever he is confronted with people like that, simply says, I just don't care. I just don't care. And Rowling's sort of the same way. Like, you know, she, no, that's wrong. Like, you're saying that wrong. You're using sex and gender incorrectly. I just don't care. You know, okay, well then, pardon us, but but fuck you, you know? <laughs> like, 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 we don't have time then for it. Yeah. Um, other, and, and here's the thing, like, from my perspective, and, and, then, I, and then I'll get off of this whole thing, <laughs> from my perspective as, as somebody who, who's, you know, unlike you, has, has kind of this emotional investment in the material that she produced, like, at second glance of this material, we discover that, Row, that, that what Rowling produced is just what she thinks. Like, yeah. Rowling really does just have in mind white women when she imagines women's lib. Like that's yeah. really it. Like because because all of the women uh, and you know who are just quote unquote regular women are white. That quote unquote yeah. right. Like we know if we're encountering a woman that is not a quote unquote regular woman, quote because that they have uh, uh, immensely stylized names that are racially charged. You know, they're, uh-huh. they, they show the, the running joke about Cho Chang, uh, the only Asian character in, <laughs> in Harry Potter is that Cho Chang is Chinese, but she has two Korean last names for names. And it's, but it's true. Like, like, like it, it, I, I read, I watched a spoken word of, uh, it was really powerful actually on this subject. This is what's crazy about crazy in a good way about, about Harry Potter fans is that they get so in like my wife, who's a deep, deeply loves Harry Potter, uh, is they, they, they use it as platforms to critique itself, you know, and, 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 I saw the spoken word of a of an Asian woman dressed as a Ravenclaw who delivers this spoken word about Cho Chang, where she says she's like, for some reason Rowling wrote me as a Chinese as a as a Chinese British person who has two Korean last names, yeah. uh, four names, and she's like that would be the equivalent of of having a French person in in the series 
being named Diego Sanchez. Hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, and that would be his name. Oh, I'm French, and my name is Diego Sanchez. Like, like what? Like, yeah, like, huh? it's, it's just blatantly wrong and shows a lack of care. Yeah, or and then it goes sort of beyond the series. Like, so Rowling does a ton of time, you know, spends a lot of time talking about and trying to remake her series, you know, after the fact as this kind of deeply liberal or progressive bastion of 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 you know righteousness where where even though Rowling has no gay characters in her series she she decides after she has written it that Albus Dumbledore is gay and she says that well okay why you know what would be or or she I've always imagined Hermione is black I mean that's just not true. Let's let's right, let's, right. There's nothing just... about Hermione that suggests that. <laughs> yeah. Now, now, like that's awesome fan fiction, and and that's great. You know, awesome. But like, uh, we we should be able to imagine Hermione that way. And and lots of people of color, lots of black Harry Potter fans do for for a lot of great reasons. There's, uh, there's an artist who renders Harry as Indian. You know, and and that that I think is really great. Like all of that's really fine. None none of that's bad. Rowling does not imagine that, though. Right. You know, like like Rowling Rowling imagined these characters as white, and and it's obvious from the way she wrote them. And and that's okay. Like I think that I I in in my episode on the Reducto podcast. About in our episode about race, one of the things that uh, is brought up is is that we need to be reminded that these books were written in the late '90s. At least m- many of the books were, and and things were weird in the late '90s. You know, like the art and and entertainment was still, you know, and it still is, but was still very racist and very homophobic, and and and. And even the material that was produced that would have been considered really progressive does not hold up well. Like I love Will and Grace, but Will and Grace does not hold up well. You know, Will and Grace is great for its time and very funny, but like nowadays we would consider those characters caricatures, like not not um, uh, characters that have a ton of depth and a ton of 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 well that do not represent well the lgbtq community at the time it was really groundbreaking but now not so much uh and so i don't think anybody is mad that that uh harry potter is deeply white and deeply eurocentric and deeply neoliberal what everybody's mad about is that rowling is still that way right (laughs) yeah like, like all what rowling has to do is just not be that way and then it doesn't matter that Harry Potter from ninety, you know, eight to two thousand and seven, is 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 as a series is that way. What's upsetting is that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is still a neoliberal mess. You know, right? What's upsetting is that Cursed Child is still pandering, and even though we cast Hermione as black, Hermione is still just a white neolib. Right. You know, like like. It doesn't matter to us that Rowling so terribly botches house elves in the series that she creates this, you know, this idea that 
house elves are need to be liberated. And Hermione's like, we need to liberate the house elves. And then Ron goes, Hermione, don't be a won't be a wanker. <laughs> house, <laughs> house elves love being enslaved. And then Hermione's like, really? And then she talks to house elves, and they all go, yeah. And then Hermione goes, oh, okay. Like, like, but that's just how it's all written, you know. Yeah. Uh, that that is bad and dumb but we would all forgive it if Rowling were to just do house elves well somewhere else but she doesn't yeah yeah <laughs> she, there... she presents house elves badly everywhere <laughs> yeah I there's a part of like never meet your heroes in this where like you know like you can love um oh my god what's the really racist horror Lovecraft you can Lovecraft, like yeah. love some Lovecraft stories, but the man is raging racist. Was a raging racist, and so you have to uh, you have to do that like mental dance between like the work. How do we separate the work from the author, and how do we critique these things and all that kind of stuff? And I think that the fact that like J.K. Rowling has a Twitter presence and then continues to say the wrong things, like that's what makes this uh, so difficult because there are people who want to, who like love so many of the ideas in Harry Potter and uh, are maybe able to, to critique it and to, to take the step back and say like, this is a good thing. This is not, and it's a, it's a complicated work because we're complicated people, but then to have your hero double down on the wrong thing is so painful. And I, so I listened to Welcome to Night Vale and I only listened to the Mountain Goats and the, the writer of Welcome to Night Vale talks to John Darnielle, the Mountain Goats, and it ends up being like, uh, Joseph Fink is a huge Mountain Goats fan. And so it, this could have gone really, really poorly because John Darnielle could just be a piece of shit. And instead, like, he, he admits his growing pains and he's, he's welcome, he's open to change and, and all sorts of stuff. And he's just very honest about his thoughts and his history and, and, and things like that. And so it's, it's so beautiful to be like this music that I love and that has shaped me, like actually turns out to be made by somebody who like agrees with me on many points. But even if, even if he didn't, I would have to have this kind of like battle with it. But like what I found in the music is, is powerful and important to me. And I could be like, fuck it. It doesn't matter. But what I think is really great about I Only Listen to the Mountain Goats is that like Joseph Fink is able to push back on John Darnielle on things that they disagree about and and it's and it's fine. Like there are some things that they could just disagree about and have a different philosophy on and it doesn't matter. But on on the important stuff, they're able to like push each other or challenge each other or or just already agree. And so like there's a way in which like J.K. Rowling could be so much better. And talking about, like, I always imagined Hermione as black. One of the things that I have learned a lot from listening to the creators of Welcome to Night Vale is that, like, they'll give a character uh, an intentionally ethnic name because they don't give any other description of the person. So, like, Carlos the Scientist is intended to be a Latinx person. And... Um, they, because they were planning on killing him off in the first season, they had Jeffrey Craner, the co-creator of Night Vale, voice him. And because that, they just needed a voice and they were a new podcast and they had no money. And so he just did it because he could do it for free. And then, but Jeffrey's white. And so there's, there's no reason for him to be the voice. And so they like 
took that note and thought about it and then recast Dylan Marin in that. And that has just been a delight because Dylan Marin is, comes at Carlos at such a different way, but is, is like the perfect Carlos. And so you can't just write a character as being another way without also like writing in the experience of, of that, that race of that of that race of that gender of that sexuality of of all those things like to say that Hermione is black and then to never talk about Hermione's experience as a black girl <laughs> in this setting right right like you there's there's stuff that has to be addressed otherwise you're just whitewashing people of color and you're making them like the token black friend and we all know how much that sucks so sure yeah, that's something that's come up over and over again in Night Vale. And like the sometimes the people in Night Vale are left of where I am because they were abolishing the police before I was. <laughs> but but I find that like following people who are to the left of where you are, it challenges you and pushes you and causes you to grow. Um, unless you're J.K. Rowling. So. Yeah, and, and that's silly. And and like and I guess you know I kind of my final thought on it, other because I can complain about Harry Potter for forever like because because it offends me like like it's something that i that i spent so much time loving and then and then i turned 18 with harry with harry and with everybody and i'm like oh what a great thing and then i turned 19 and nobody else turned 19 and then i turned 20 and ron hermione and harry still were 18 and and Mm -hmm. i was like i was like "Uh uh-oh you know (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) this is all this is all falling apart. And then I became an adult. And then I realized that none of the adults behaved like adults and it was all really bad and, and everybody sucks and it was terrible. And uh Oh, the world is a deeply fascist world that Rowling created that, that and it all doesn't make any sense. And it was bad. So I can complain about Harry Potter forever, but like Rowling has that white person illness of needing to be right and yes. not necessarily being good. Mm-hmm. You know, no, mm-hmm. I need to be right need to be correct, you know, which is why I think she retroactively goes back into her series because, and, and, and decides things like I always imagined McGonagall was a lesbian and I'm like Rowling just, that's not helpful. It's unhelpful. None of it is helpful. Like your, your, your fans love the series and they're going to imagine anybody as anything they want. Mm hmm. Because that's that's the way your fans have have embraced this series, you know, and 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 they they love it despite all of this bad stuff. Yeah. You know, yes, there are people, you know, who who can't get over that the stuff is bad, and they and they make apologies for it, and they and they they attempt to to try to say, you know, no, no, the house elf thing isn't racist when it absolutely is, or. Or, or no, no, everything's fine when nothing is fine. Like, but like the people are the, the you know, folks are going to love your series no matter what, despite all of this, if they are just allowed to play with it, you don't need yeah. to control it or make it, you know, something, you know, th- that makes you right. Just allow your series to be problematic. And you, and if you yourself can work to become less problematic, then it's all good. None, none of it's bad. It's all fine. Yeah. You know, it, it's all, it's all fine. Then the, remember the, the problem is not that in that book four is a gigantic narrative mess and mm. filled with a ton of racism. That's, that's always 
going to be the case. That's how it was written. That's always going to be the case. That's fine. The problem is, is more that Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them is a gigantic mess and, and filled with racism, like the movie. That's the problem because that movie came out four years ago. <laughs> right. We've like, had time like, to learn. Yeah. Like, come on, Rowling. Like, like what's your problem? Um, here's my last thing about this because I think you're correct. Like, the instinct of a lot of white, particularly white liberal folks who are creators, who, like, make art, whether it's film or, or, or art, you know, like kind of studio art or, or books or whatever, I think a lot of their instinct is to um, uh, create characters that are kind of, and create world, particularly in fantasy and sci-fi, that are kind of racially and, 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 and maybe from a sexual orientation perspective or, or, what, or, or whatever, um, ambiguous, right? Mm-hmm. Like, like if ambiguity somehow means that we are doing something progressive or liberal or, or, where we can allow, you know, and, and usually they'll say something like, well, I want to allow my fans to imagine whatever they want or, or, or what have you. The, the problem is, the problem with that is that it doesn't act, is twofold. One, it doesn't actually do anything powerful, mm-hmm. you know, because all what that means is that, is that white people can imagine white characters. Right. And that, and that straight people can imagine straight characters and, and, and and sure, queer people can imagine queer characters, but like, all what that means is that it's that that you've done nothing. Like you've just sort of presented a thing that that doesn't actually do anything particular or peculiar. It just things just are allowed to be what they are. You know, the status quo is upheld um, because because nothing is challenged. But it also doesn't really do a great job at telling compelling stories. Like if Hermione is always black, is if she's always imagined Hermione as being black, which is just not true. But if she has, that also means obviously that she's imagined that the wizarding world is a post-racial world where there is no racial inequality. Right, which because, is not because, how life existed in the 90s. <laughs> yeah, which is just not correct. Like, like it's just not, it's, that's not how it is. You know, if everybody just sort of doesn't see Hermione's color, then then that's weird because Hermione's parents are presumably, you know, I shouldn't make this presumption, but what about Hermione's muggle parents? You yeah. know, the muggle world in the 90s saw, you know, <laughs> saw color. So, like, are, are Hermione's parents black or, or was she adopted? Like, like what's going on then? Yeah. You know, what's what's happening outside of it? you know, what's happening outside of it. Like, it's not a, it's not, it shouldn't surprise us that, um, uh, uh, or, or I remember reading a piece once that, that Snape is queer coded and we should read Snape as a trans person. And, and that was not Rowling who said that. That was a, right. a, an argument that was being made. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. Rowling read him as, as, a, as an incel. So I don't really know. Yeah. You oh. know, that's obvious. Like, that's how Rowling read him. And, that, yeah, and then we redeem the incel without him actually really doing any work on that. Yeah. So like, and, but he's not even a real redemption. You know, the narrative Rowling thinks it is. And I think, oh, I could talk about this for days. Like, like Rowling thinks it's a redemption, but that's what makes it even stupider because, because that's what Rowling thinks redemption looks like. 
And, and I'm like, this is crazy. That's yeah. nuts. You know, like, like it's, it's ridiculous. Like, that's not what redemption is. Well, what are you talking about? Snape was a good guy the whole time. He was a sin cell, but he was a good guy. You know, he protected Harry. No, he didn't. He abused Harry. He abused yeah. Harry at every chance he got because he looked like James, and that was it. And, right. and that's and that's still bad because James wasn't a good guy either. James abused Snape every chance he got. Right. Like, like you know, like, and, and why did James abuse Snape? Well, James will tell you it's because Snape, you know, hated, hated muggles. But that's not true. James abused Snape because he was a half-blood. And James was a pure-blood. That's why he abused Snape. We know that because Lupin said that. Right. And Lupin's the only one we could trust. <laughs> <laughs> the only reliable narrator. <laughs> yeah. Who dies yeah. of, like, basically wizard AIDS, right? Because that's what being yeah. a werewolf is. <laughs> yeah. Like, like... And so nobody's good. Well, what about Lily? Especially Lily. Especially. Lily is especially bad because Lily is this muggle-born who, who ultimately goes, no, I kind of like being around powerful people. Yeah. She's a race traitor. Yeah, she's a race traitor. And they all become cops at the end. I know. I know. Not even cops. They become vigilante bounty hunters. <laughs> that... that <laughs> That uh, go out and, and and try to to try to catch dark wizards. Well, what's a dark wizard? What is that? Oh, it's whoever we don't like, apparently. Holy yeah. crud! You know, and and all of this is annoying, and and awful, precisely because Rowling doesn't see anything wrong with it. Right. Ah! Oh, it's such a bad series. It's such trash garbage. It's such trash garbage. Well, well, like Dumbledore is queer coded. First of all, no, he's no, not. No, he's not. Every every wizard is it, it, apparently. Then everybody is queer coded. You know, it, because Dumbledore just behaves like everybody. He's just a really smart everybody. Yeah. You know, it's like well, well, Voldemort is queer coded. Well, that's because Voldemort is a villain. Yes. And all villains are queer coded. Yes. You know, looking like, at like, you, Scar from the Lion King. Oh man, and Scar's the best. Scar's the best villain. <laughs> Scar, but he is I, he's so cool. Or like Ursula from the Little Mermaid. Um, and she's great too. Yeah, you know, and to to point to another se problematic series now, but that was like great at the time, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yes. And with, with Willow, like both figuring out that she's a lesbian and she's a witch and having Tara be like a part of that story and, and having Willow have that whole arc where um, her outsideness in one way allows her to understand her outsideness in another way. Um, and, and all of that would be great if we didn't then go for like the tragic queer story <laughs> that always happens. Yeah, right, right. Um, well, that's because Joss Whedon is no good either. He's a uh, hack. I mean, Joss Whedon, is, Joss Whedon is a hack. I love Firefly. Firefly is great. Mm -hmm. So I will only give Joss Whedon Firefly and Serenity as, as not being legitimately hacky, but like, yeah, but like, but, I'm okay with the, the campy aspect of Buffy. Like there's, there's a lot to play with in that world, I think. Um, and so I'm like happy that that world exists, I guess in the same way that you kind of feel about like if Harry Potter was just a place for people to like imagine things in, that's how I kind sure. of feel about Buffy. Um, 
but that like that's the thing with uh, people saying that like Dumbledore is queer coded or whoever is queer coded in Harry Potter is that there there is something inherent about magical people who have magical abilities that that others them and therefore you're able to have these stories that resonate with um with people who have been othered in other ways which is why like sure. like x-men works really well as talking about um the like the gay community and the queer community and um right up and right up until uh the the point where queer people do not have powers that can like outright destroy other people like yeah. like like x-men also works really well as uh you know as 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 the ubermensch like x-men also works really well in in, in like white supremacist circles that's where true. on on one hand and and that's not on i don't blame x-men for that like x-men is written uh, you know i know we know that the story of x-men is is written as as supposed to be a mirroring sort of of like civil rights and and mm -hmm. things like that. We know that because the writer talks about how he always imagined uh, Magneto and Xavier as being a sort of Malcolm X and MLK right. know, kind of a thing. Now they're both white and there's a lot of problems to that. But like, but like we know that that's how it is. But X-Men also works super duper well as a kind of master race story. Hmm. in which in which the 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 mutants are in fact higher beings like that that are are in fact you know beings that 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 should rule hmm. uh and and then we discover that if that's true then ev then then perhaps just the regular humans are the good guys that that i mean here's the thing I, I would be in favor of the Mutant Registration Act <laughs> if there was such a thing as people running around that had the ability to to date rape people with their minds. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like like that that what makes that's what makes it hard. I don't mean to interrupt you next, but I'm sorry. That was a, a tangent. No, I, um, I think that's good because I think what we're pointing at here is that um all of our fictional worlds are kind of swirling around. I mean, like, as we know, the, the context of the day shows up in the, in the fiction of the day. And I think we are all as, as humans having these conversations about, um, about what supremacy means and what, what power means and who gets to have it and how we upend it. And, and, and I also think that like Christianity provides such a great, uh, counter argument and and criticism of these things if we are if we are embodying the gospel of jesus christ and, and i just think that like we have to recognize that the world is going through growing pains and that mm -hmm. um these growing pains are necessary and that all your faves are problematic and that doesn't mean that there isn't that you haven't had a good emotional response to the the good things that are in there but that we have to over the course of our lives be better than our faves because our our faves are always going to disappoint us i i agree i agree what a great way to end it and this one, but let me just say that uh, I hate Buffy the Vampire Slayer. <laughs> I and I can I, allow you to feel that way. <laughs> I, I, I only only because purely because of the camp, like it was too much for me. I like Buffy. This is what I like about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I like that Sarah Michelle Gellar is is crazy attractive, cool. and and there are times where I sit there and I'm like, oh boy. The only time Sarah Michelle Gellar is, is hotter than when she's in Buffy the Vampire Slayer is when she was in Cool Intentions. 
Uh, You've seen that movie too? Oh, that movie yeah. should be banned. Yeah. Oh, it's that, awful. That movie, that movie is, is, is a, is a garbage movie in a hundred ways, but that movie, that movie just should have been rated X. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like we're basically looking at a par- a porn parody of itself. Yeah. Like, like, uh, but Sarah Michelle Gellar as a brunette and as a, and as a psychopath, let me tell you something like that's, yeah. That does it for me. Like I, I'm like, good, good on you, Sarah Michelle Gellar, because Cruel Intentions. That movie was on ABC Family. How wow. in the world was that movie allowed to be exist, much less be on ABC Family? Man. But I like Sarah Michelle Gellar because she's really attractive. I like Giles because Giles, I, I get Giles. He makes sense to me. I'm like, yeah. And I like Spike because Spike makes sense to me too. Um, which is why there was the only moment in, in Buffy the Vampire Slayer where I was 100% invested in, in, the, in the show was when Spike and Buffy were having sex. <laughs> that was that it. That, that was the only time because I sat there. I was like, yeah, this makes sense. Yeah. Right. It's you made know, sense like, since sure. the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and, and Buffy, Buffy's, like, Buffy's like, why do I, what's wrong with me? I love Angel. I'm like, well, I'll tell you, what's, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> you right. want to do spike just do him yeah you just want to yeah. do him he's hot do him you're hot he's hot do him the episode where buffy becomes invisible what's the first thing she does i'm gonna go have sex with spike <laughs> i'm like yeah do it buffy like you got it all right that's what i got thanks for listening everybody this has been an episode a mini of what the hell is a bastard we are spanks reebok and the dude and we'll see you next time <laughs>